During Advent, we wait for the light of Christ to come. This makes sense to us, and it, I suppose, is one of the big reasons why special lights abound everywhere this time of year. But the spiritual image is not specifically of light today, uh, though it is like a light at the end of the tunnel. It's like a glimmer of hope amidst a sea of darkness. That's what the prophet is trying to convey. As Isaiah begins his passage with the words, A shoot will grow from the stump of Jesse, a branch will sprout from its roots. For those of you who are familiar with trees and stumps and maybe the woods, you can picture this. Most of us can picture this. Maybe there's a few city slickers among us who can't and aren't sure what that's like. And for them, picture, picture a flower growing up from a crack in the sidewalk. More of a, a modern uh, picture of this, but both of them convey the same image It's an image of new growth coming from something old, from from something that that we might have thought was otherwise dead. That's the picture that the prophet begins with. That's the picture that shapes our thoughts today as we wait for the coming of the Savior. God brings hope and, and the hope of life emerging when what we thought, when when all we thought was possible, was death. And so, that is the hope, that is the prophecy, and the question we will then face is, is this what we want, and is this what we want to embody? Do we want to embrace this kind of hope, and, and this way of bringing peace? Or will we settle for something else? These are some of the questions we face as we listen to the prophet, Isaiah. We read this morning from chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse. A branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by just what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall lie with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf with the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, the young shall lie, their, their young shall lie down together, And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. A nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp. 
and a wean child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord and the, as the waters cover the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to all peoples. The nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. This is the promise of the word of the Lord for which we say, Thanks be to God. A shoot shall grow up from the stump of Jesse, and then amazing things are going to happen. That's what happens in this passage. There's something very powerful about the imagery in this entire passage. And these beliefs, beliefs in the promises that, of what God can do, like the ones, the promises made here, that's, that's why we're here. That's why we celebrate. That's why there's Advent. That's why Christ came. And all of these are things that God can do that we cannot do on our own. Left to our own devices, we might have chosen something else. We might not have sought the peace that God promised in this passage. Or that God promises even later, even though that piece sounds really, really good, doesn't it? In that second verse of the passage, there's talk of, of, of what will happen that when that day comes. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, counsel and might, knowledge and fear of the Lord. These are beautiful things that we hope for. They're things that we want. But the real action in this passage starts there just after verse 3. From verses 3 through 10, we see images and pictures and ideas and things that, that, that will drive us. And ways to embrace the work that God is going to do or questions about whether we will reject the promises that God makes in these passages. These passages bring about an open question for us, at least as I see it this week. Are we going to embrace the Savior that is to come and embrace the way that He wants things to be? And if so, if we're going to do that, we might need to adjust the way that we see and move and live within the world. The reason for this is that, well, listen to what this passage said. He will not judge by appearances or make decisions based on gossip. He will judge those in need by his standards. There will be equity for all people. He will do away with violence and the wicked. And when Isaiah says that righteousness shall be around his waist and that faithfulness shall be with him around his loins, the picture is that righteousness and faithfulness are going to hold everything together. And this sounds great, but it doesn't sound like the world we live in, does it? 
When we let it sit with us, we see that, that, that where we are and where we live is not always like these promises yet. We examine our lives and our practices and the ways we move in and around the world and we compare them to the way that God says they could be. And it turns out this is a high and lofty promise, but when it comes down and meets us on the ground, it's, it's a hard word to hear. Because none of us wants to ad- admit it but we've fallen short of these standards, of this way of, of living, of this way of being. That we've been guilty of, of, of judging someone by some other way. We have been guilty of listening to gossip and, and maybe even gossiping ourselves. We've been guilty of not judging with equity. Rather, equity is something that we get to build up for ourselves. And so I don't mean to be a downer, but in order to to get the good word at the end, we have to sit with this for a moment. Hope is, is coming. But we have to confess that as individuals and as a community and as a country, if you even want to say that, we are not holding things together with the righteousness that God promises in this passage. Rather, too often, we probably cover ourselves up in a cloak of self-righteousness. We cover up the image-conscious, gossiping, race-to-the-top urges that we have because of the culture that we live in. These things are so easily adopted by us but, but we know they're probably not how God wants us to be and live. And so when we hear a passage like this, when we sit with a passage like this, we realize that, that while there is good news that comes from this prophet, there's also a little bit of conviction. There's a need to examine ourselves, to reflect on the way that we judge by outward appearances. We fall victim to gossip. We're tempted to think that we're better than someone else because of some earthly means that we have. And in fact, all of these things create divides within us, within ourselves, between one another, and among us all. And if we can't see these bar- if we cannot see these barriers, if we cannot realize that they do exist, The thing is, if we can't see that, then we won't realize the hope that the prophet truly brings. So we embrace what is difficult in order to see the hope that will come. So we admit to ourselves that by deciding by some lesser criteria is something that we do, it's a problem that perpetuates us. We open our eyes and we see that that all around us, many are guilty of, of judging creating division and fear and a survival of the fittest situation. And we realize that in all of that, God's reign is not fully here yet. There is not full knowledge of the Lord like we hope. We still need a Savior. We need Christ to be born, don't we? 
And so we listen to Isaiah. We hear we need more than just a spiritual rubber stamp on things. Because how things are going is not okay. We need a new way of living and moving and having our being with God and with one another. And when we can get to that point of realizing those things, then God is ready to work. And God's first step, you might say, in this process of being ready to work and bringing about a new day comes through the birth of Jesus. It's the first step in the promise. It's the first big idea about what God is doing, which is bringing about a new way for us to live with God and with one another. And we see that even though Christ came once, the distance is still great between where we are and where we want to truly be. And so we must embody something. We must become people who seek hope and peace. Because the Savior that has come has shown us how to do it. And therefore, we've been shown how to wait. And we've been shown how to live as we wait. Advent's time of of waiting and of preparing and anticipating forces us to confront some of the ways that we fall short of the glory of God, so to speak. But it should also spur us to want to make the change necessary because because while as we await Christ's arrival once more, we also know we have seen him. There is a, a New Testament to this story, isn't there? So we, we will acknowledge Christ's arrival once again while celebrating something that has already happened. Jesus did show us the way of peace and hope and love, a way that avoids jealousy and gossip and shallowness and judgment. And so Advent is a time when we recognize that while things are not yet as they will be, we then remember that there is a better way for us to be. We remember that we have seen the Lord. And so we're gathered here today to embody a different way of life. A different way of change. A better way. We don't just wait for Jesus to change things because Jesus already already did. But we start also to change things the way that he did. We start by no longer judging things on the surface. By no longer being beholden to the gossip and the pettiness that others around us may be beholden to. And we remember that Christ brings about a peace. To, to, a, a peace and, and a different kind of rule. And the best way to get ready for it, to, the best way to get ready for that is to start practicing it now. I suppose in terms of a, of a sports season, Advent is spring training. Christmas is opening day. Christ will bring about peace and will rule differently. And the best way to be ready for it is to start to embody it now. And though that might sound overwhelming, read through that passage of Isaiah and think, I've got to do all of that. Remember how the passage starts. 
A small shoot will grow from the stump of Jesse. A little flower will emerge from a crack in the sidewalk. A child, a baby, the the littlest human possible will come to the most nondescript place ever. He won't rise through the ranks like a mighty warrior might. He's not ranked number one to start the season. His beginnings are humble, just like yours and mine. He, on the other hand, is also born of a virgin from a stable in this small, out-of-the-way town that otherwise is pretty nondescript. How is God going to bring about this great change? By a grand pronouncement? By great acclamation? With a press conference or a crowded arena? No. A small shoot starts out of a stump. A gesture of peace is offered. A little action begins and it starts to change someone and something. And then another, and then another, and then another. Isaiah has a big dream, a grand vision, a a beautiful prophecy of how things are going to be. But the way it begins is simple. The way it begins is small. A shoot of peace comes from something that looked dead. A shoot grows into the very things that we need the most. And the way it will do so is not just by God embodying it, but by God God becoming a child and embodying the spirit we all are to embrace. A shoot will grow, a shoot from our hearts. And it grows and it starts to grow into every part of our life. And that growth will bring peace to all. Not just just because of what God does for all of us, but because what God does through us. When, as Robert said for the children today, Jesus starts to grow in our hearts and fill us and fill others. A small shoot of peace will bless us and that will in turn bless others. And the gospel will, will spread through Christ working through us, in us, and the Spirit of God will be then everywhere. And so it starts with a simple picture, a shoot growing from a stump, a little flower coming up through a crack in the sidewalk. And these small signs of life emerging from places where they shouldn't probably be coming through become our guide. Because this is what God does. God brings life and hope from places where we might least expect it. And so we too can do that. As as people who all around us live in a world that, that judges by other matters, we can be the ones who the world might least expect goodness to come from. And we will bring about peace. We wait for Jesus to come. And amid amid the waiting... We don't just sit, but we prepare. We look around. Around us, in many places, we see sadness and consumption and jealousy and judgment. Not everywhere, but in some places. And so we begin to embody something different. We begin to prepare the way for the Savior 
by being the way that the Savior wants us to be. And so we decorate and we wait. We sing Advent hymns and we embrace a small glimmer of peace and hope, a gesture of love, and we let it grow. We do this and we embody the Spirit of God that will come in just a couple of weeks. And it all starts with a shoot of peace from the stump of Jesse. So where in your life have you seen shoots of peace lately? Where in your life is something hopeful popping out of a stump that looked dead? Where in your life is there a pretty flower growing through a crack in the sidewalk? And how can you, in small but meaningful, significant ways, become the shoot of peace that God needs to deliver to someone else? I don't know how you do that for yourself. God will lead you in that. But in all of us doing that together, that is how we prepare the way for Christ to come. By practicing and living the ways that he called us to live. In your life, God has sent you many glimmers of hope and shoots of peace. Many of these things have changed and blessed and inspired you. As you prepare for three more weeks for the coming of the Holy Child, consider how God is leading you to be the one that brings about that peace for someone else. A shoot of peace will come A branch shall grow out of its roots, and many beautiful things will then happen. May that be true for you and for me and for us all today and every day that lies ahead of us. Shall we pray? Gracious, eternal, and loving God, we thank you for having come to us and for coming to us again. This morning we see that you will come in small but powerful ways. We see that life will come from places where we thought life was cut down or paved over. But Lord, as we see that, may we embrace it, may we nurture it, and may we share it and spread it. Lord, outside these walls, we sing that we need a little Christmas right this very minute, but inside we know that it's not just Christmas that we need, but we need a little more hope, a little more peace, a little more joy, and a little more of your love. And so, Lord, send that to us, and may we have the wisdom and the courage and the strength to share that with others who need it today and during the season and every day, for all the days are yours. Lord, we give you thanks for this call. We give you thanks for being with us as we step forward in faith. Lord, be with us as we respond to you now and as we respond outside of these walls in the hours ahead. And it is in your great name, with great faith, that we offer these prayers. Amen.